Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. This is, as we always say, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, my intrepid, fearless brothers. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Tom. You know, last week... Um, we opened a giant can of worms, to borrow a rather unsavory phrase, as our program focused on life and abortion. And today, we intend to go all the way and rip the lid fully off that can. So I hope you're you're all ready. You ready, Terry? I would call it a can of light and perhaps not a can of worms, Tom. <laughs> well, I think what we're saying here is that it's a... A dicey topic, to say the least. And, of course, a can of light is much more savory. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> using the cliche because, it, well, anyway, there's a lot of worminess on the other side of the equation. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Well, anyway, you know, I think that the question that was raised last time, and we'll raise it again, is that from the perspective of the soul, is it even possible to underestimate the importance of each opportunity to embody? Well, that's well, yours. I don't think we, I don't think we can, um, Tom, because the main reason being is most of us or most of the people on this planet do not really understand who they are. You know, unfortunately, many people think they're just the product of evolution. You know, no different from the animals except for something in their DNA. They don't understand about the light of God that created them. They don't understand that God has put a portion of Himself within us. And that each one of us has a divine plan that we have to complete to return to Him. And as part of that plan, every embodiment is crucial because if we skip a step, we have to go back and do it again. So souls that are denied the opportunity at a per- certain time and place, it's very difficult to get those circumstances back with the right people at the right time. And God only knows how long they might have to wait to be able to deal with that karma. That's why each incarnation is incredibly important to the soul. And if we have an understanding that God is within each one of us, the value of life, the sacredness of life, then we would respect that. You know, you you bring up a really important point, I think, that our embodiment is not a solo event, that we, in fact, do uh, come into our embodiments through a a chosen set of parents. Uh, We come in with the expectation of, we may not know it consciously, fulfilling a divine plan of encountering a mandala of souls that are very important to our eventual ascension and the balancing of our karma. We're not alone. This is not, again, as I said, it's not a solo event. We are here to join others in a life wave, basically, to move forward together. And like you said, if one or two pieces of that puzzle are removed, it changes everything. The equation is basically challenged, if not destroyed. And, you know, there's many people in embodiment right now, Tom, that that are lost because they've been looking, whether they're soulmate or they're twin flame, and they're not here. They're just simply not here, and they search and search and search. And so that's the challenge. They had a mission together, again, whether it's a soulmate or a twin flame or someone you just had an intense karma to clear with. Until they're physically with you, it's extremely difficult to balance that karma. You know, and I think that's also very important is that... It's the law 
of karma, not the chance to balance karma. It's something that is strictly set in motion and every jot and tittle must be balanced and transmuted. And if the, again, if the opportunity is lost to do it here, if by God's grace we ascend, it's much harder to balance karma from the ascended state than it is from here when we're with our our soulmates, our, That's our karma right, mates. because <clears throat> the plane of the physical, as you know, as we all know, a lot of things can happen, a lot of things for good, and we can we see someone face-to-face we have karma with, we can really make a lot of progress. And so that's why being in, in embodiment, especially at this time, is the pearl of great price. And we've been told that there are, I don't know if it's millions or how many souls that would give anything to be in physical embodiment today because the opportunity not only to balance karma, but the opportunity of the teachings and the light to accelerate that process. I mean, we have the violet flame now for the first time probably for, and for tens of thousands of years. That's in the public domain, so to speak. And people would love that opportunity to do that in the physical. So that's why we have to be so sensitive to the needs of souls and our soul, too. We're an embodiment. But if we aren't sensitive to the needs of others and we need to come back again, we're going to go to the end of the line. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to ask the big question. Why is it that there is so much... Now, we know that most recently, since 1973, Roe v. Wade decision, why is there such an intense uh, m- movement to deny entree into life? I mean, we've talked off, uh, off, off mic, so to speak, in the past about how this conspiracy goes back not to 73, but oh thousands of years. Uh, they've been trying to, uh, they, the fallen angels, have been trying to keep souls from embodying. What's, what's the grand plan that they want to abort? Well, I think that people, uh, I, I don't have a true understanding. And, um, you know, we have free will in terms of our choices. But I think people put it in a different context and they're taught differently. For example, if you're taught continually that, even if you're a spiritual person, the soul doesn't come into the body till the minute it's born, then what happens before that is irrelevant. And it's just, you know, it's just a bunch of cells and atoms and so forth. And there's a lot of very sincere people that believe that. Um, and there are others that, you know, have the attitude, it's my body and I'm going to do with it what I want. And, of course, what they're missing is it's really not their body, it's God's body. God has lent it to us for our evolution in time and space. And again, it's a perspective and understanding. Now, there are some people out there that do not have good intents, that are malicious, and just, you know, they don't, they want to punish God's people. But I think they're the exception. I think most people are just misinformed, or, and they're unwilling to hear um, the truth, because, of course, if you hear the truth, you'll have to change. But there is hope, because people are seeking for answers. And, uh, you know, I think that this teaching changes the dialogue on abortion this nation on this planet it changes the the lens through which it's it's looked at it's not just this is my body and i can do what i want with it or you know abortion is a sin i mean this is an understanding and it's a wisdom it's a perspective and it enlightens us and allows us to come to the right conclusion without yelling at each other about this (laughs) well you know terry your question goes to a broader issue, of course, too, and that the Ascended Masters have often reminded us that the Ascension is the goal of life, and that is, in fact, our birthright. And to deny our birthright is a victory for the dark side because they don't want that light to be ours. They want to use it for their own nefarious purposes, and they would deny us our birthright, basically, to ascend to reunite with the heart of God. 
That's true. So, you know, that whatever else is going on there, that's their basic purpose. We don't ever reach that graduation ceremony, so to speak, if we can. And, and of course, the, the, the part of that, Tom and Terry, is that every time a soul ascends from this planet, the planet changes. There's an increase of light, and people come up higher. I was reading a dictation this morning by the Ascended Master Enoch. You know, in the Bible, Enoch walked with God and was no more. He ascended. And he was saying that if he had not taken his ascension, many of the avatars and great figures of spiritual teaching that come forth in history would not have been able to come. So the, the fallen angels know that as, as it, every individual ascends, it's a greater light and a greater opportunity for others. And they will do anything to prevent that from happening. Well, that's interesting what you raised there, that we may earn our ascension, but we're not required to, to accept it. Well, At least not in the beginning, right? I mean, we, we can say, we can be no a, thank you. What, a, bo- a bodhisattva that stays with the earth? Bodhisattvas, but typically they don't embody again. They will, they will be in the etheric planes. They will not, even though they've earned their ascension, they won't actually take it because they want to remain closer to earth. And uh, Yogananda is a person that has taken that vow, even though he could easily ascend, he has chosen to stay and remain as, um, uh, you know, someone that's close to the earth. And that sure. gives them a certain open door. So there are souls, bodhisattvas like that. But the ascended masters, you know, they don't recommend, unless there's a specific purpose, uh, <laughs> delaying your ascension. Once you it's, ascend, it's dangerous. you're home free for eternity. As long as you're unascended, there's a vulnerability there. Yeah. I think the masters have said many times that we do not cease making application for our ascension until the moment we ascend. Yeah, and so the, the every ascension helps the planet get lighter and lighter, and, and the planet eventually will ascend when all the souls... And the more light on the just, planet, the harder it is for the fallen ones. And, um, you know, again, we come back to the equation of life on planet Earth, which has been hidden from the people of God for thousands of years. And now it is coming out. And I can assure you, the fallen ones do not like that because with knowledge is power. With knowledge is the path, and the path leads to our ascension. But to walk that path, you have to be physically in embodiment. That's the only way to resolve certain karmas. And if you can't get into embodiment, then you can't do it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, as important as this subject is, to each of us, uh, because the mandala that we are a part of may, in fact, in fact, involve somebody who's not here, who we miss. I think it was that you said this last time um, that we did the show last week. Don't blame yourselves if you've ever been involved in this process of, of an abortion or party to whatever. You're. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay. I mean, what I mean is that you can make amends. You can atone. You can balance that karma by serving life. It's really important to know that you're not condemned by virtue of having been involved in that in the past. There's always time for renewal. You can re-sanctify, re-consecrate your life and move forward. That's yeah, absolutely just, right. And, you know, I think God understands that many people have misled on this subject. And um, once they receive the illumination, obviously they're going to feel regret about it. But there are ways, as you suggest, Tom, to balance that karma. It doesn't have to prevent your ascension in this life if that's uh, what you want to do, if that's an opportunity for you. But you do have to turn and serve life. That is the way to balance the karma. And as we all know and said many times on this show, condemning yourself is not the way to go. It doesn't do God any good. It doesn't do you any good. As long as you have life, every one of us has done everything there is beyond this planet and many times over. 
And so, you know, that he is without sin, cast the first stone, so to speak. So we all have this. We have this karma. We're going to balance it. We're going to get it behind us. And we're going to be who we truly are in God. And the condemnation of the fallen ones or self-condemnation has no place in our worlds, no matter what we've done. You can have remorse, because remorse leads to striving, and remorse leads to balancing that karma and seeking God at a different level. Just as um, Judas had tremendous remorse after that embodiment, and he made, after that embodiment, tremendous progress, and he's now an ascended master. So you can see that no matter what your sin, opportunity for transportation and balance is out there if we'll take advantage of it. You know, we have maybe a minute before we go to break. Would you be willing to say a few words about the power of the law of forgiveness? The power of the law of forgiveness. Why did Jesus say, forgive someone 70 times 70 times? Because forgiveness is key to, we cannot make progress unless we forgive. And that begins with forgiving ourselves and forgiving God. You know, a lot of people are angry with God. God, why did you let this happen to me? Why did you take my family? Why did you do this? We must have forgiveness or we cannot move on spiritually. And some people are stuck on that, the refusal to forgive, and they go embodiment after embodiment after embodiment without forgiving someone for doing something, and they're tied to that person. So if you want to be free, forgive. Indeed. Well, on that note... Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear another excerpt from the lecture by Mrs. Prophet on the erroneous beliefs surrounding abortion. So please stay with us. Back in a moment. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us today on The Open Door. We're talking about a very sensitive and very important topic, which is life and the flip side of that, which is, of course, denying life, in many cases, abortion. Um, in the following lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, the issue of abortion is addressed from the perspective of the soul, beginning with some of the common misconceptions about life and when the soul meshes with the body. Listen. Modern reincarnationists, I must say many of whom don't know a thing about the real laws of karma and reincarnation, seem to think that the soul is like a candle on a birthday cake. You just stick it on at the last minute. But this is not the case. The soul and the body are meshed. During gestation, the soul is meshing with the body. God doesn't simply stuff a soul into a body like you stuff a pillow into a pillowcase. The idea that prevails is that the soul and the body are separate. This does not happen to be reality, and it is spoken so easily and lightly by those who truly do not understand the great mysteries of the Lord and Savior. The soul and the body are in the process of becoming one. As the child grows in grace and waxes strong in the Lord, the Christ also descends into that temple increment by increment, year by year. This integration of the soul with the body and of the soul with her Lord, the Holy Christ Self, takes place from the moment of conception up to and throughout adulthood. Each one of us has a soul or solar awareness, a solar consciousness. Our soul is like a correspondent of the sun that we see in the heavens. Our awareness is spherical, and it is a continuing awareness from the hour of our point of origin going out from the great central sun unto our return. Our solar awareness is integral to our arms, our fingers, our eyes, our nose, our every organ, and our four lower bodies. We have a memory body, a mental body, and a desire body, as well as the physical body. We suffer not only the anguish of physical pain, but also the anguish of emotional pain. Our physical organs can become ill because of the pain of the soul. There is more happening during gestation than the soul meshing with the physical body. The spirit, as well as the etheric mental and emotional bodies, are being brought back from all previous lifetimes. We have one etheric body that we have carried with us since the beginning, a mental body that consists of our mind and the accumulations of our reasonings in the mind of God as well as in the lower octaves. We have a desire body 
containing all of the desires we have ever had, including the records of those that have been fulfilled. We are a fully integrated entity, a being of God. All we need when it comes time to return to earth is a new physical body. And while that physical body is being formed, the three other bodies are meshing with it again. The spirit of the living God and the I Am Presence is also a part of every son and daughter of God, directly tied to that child from the moment of conception when it is only called an embryo. Embryonic life contains the seed of the living God. When we speak of the Spirit of the Lord, it is the capital S, the I am that I am, the Father, Mother, God. This is the God essence or the God life of all of us. The Spirit, with a lowercase s, of your life stream and mine is defined as our animating principle, our energy, what kind of a person we are. Our spirit is the overriding vibration reflected in our character. We say of someone their spirit is laconic or feisty or that individual has an evil spirit or an honest heart, an honest spirit, and so forth. The spirit then of the individual is distinguished from the soul, the former being masculine, the latter feminine. So the spirit is also infused into the physical body as the very blood cells are being formed. The spirit or essence is always in the blood of the individual as well as in the entire body itself. The etheric body contains the record of your divine plan, the image of the Christ in whose image you were made. The etheric body contains the memories and records of all that you have ever done in previous lifetimes. We know that our memory in this life defines our identity. Remove from the screen and from the memory bank of the computer all memories of anything we have ever done before this moment, and not one of us would know who we are. We are who we are by memory. But the memory we contain and the momentums in that memory contain all of the experiences that we have ever had since we first came forth from the heart of God. That memory is with the soul, integrating with the physical body in this nine-month period. Likewise, the mental body is the accumulation of the cognitive and reasoning mind, the rational thinking self. All that we have ever thought and reasoned and become because of our thoughts and reasonings, we bring with us in our mental body. It is there from the moment of conception. Through the entire process of gestation, this mind is meshing with the new physical body. It is part of the identity being formed and the identity that already is. For the child's psychology is molded while he is in the womb by his parents' psychology. And that becomes a part of the psychology that he brings with him from past lifetimes. 
What we need to understand is the selective process by Almighty God, by the mind of Christ, of the genetic code that will be ours for this lifetime. Through that genetic code and those genes, we are expressing a portion of the vast memory, mental, and desire bank that we bring with us. A slice of our life will become prominent in this incarnation. For our life is infinite, and this finite time and space world, this finite body, cannot contain the totality of our being. Therefore, you see the great causal body of yourself in the chart behind me, and you see those spheres of light that contain all good, all that is of high vibration, all that is constructive that you have ever done in all of your previous lifetimes. For the purposes of your divine plan and your karma in this life, you can access a portion of that causal body to accomplish certain things that are your assignment for this life. And so, just as you bring your memory and your mind with you, you bring your desires and your desire body. We have fulfilled and unfulfilled desires from previous lifetimes. We will have to deal with these. We will have to sort them out. We will have to admit the limits of our mortality. Three score and ten. Which desires shall we fulfill in this lifetime? This we will learn to do under the guidance of teachers, parents, and our own communion with our own inner God. So we have to look at what we want to accomplish in life. We have to look at our unfulfilled goals, and we have to see, for instance, if there has been a sudden cutting off in the very midst of the very prime of life, of those things that we wanted to accomplish, maybe by untimely death or a violent crime, we may desire to come back and pick up the pieces as soon as possible, to be reunited with loved ones, to fulfill what we began. Many of us are here today because we have unfinished business. I feel that I have unfinished business. I have many things I want to do. And one of the most important things I want to do is to tell you and the world today about the soul in the womb and the tremendous opportunity to fulfill that fiery destiny that God has ordained for each one of us. So as the unborn child is developing and after birth continues to develop that desire body integrating with the new physical body, with a new world and with a new opportunity, the focus of life's goals begins to sharpen and to take form. When we're little, sometimes we want to become a doctor or a nurse or a fireman or an Indian chief or a policeman. And as we grow a little older, we refine those goals in terms of priorities, necessities, economic, family responsibilities, and so forth. As these things are recognized to be there at birth, let us recognize that they are not only there at conception, but at levels of preconception when we are preparing to take embodiment and when we are being instructed in schools of light, retreats of the ascended masters in the etheric octaves, preparing for that mission when we can gain many victories and perhaps conclude our reincarnations on earth. 
As a side note, I would also like to say that this teaching does not conflict with the teaching about the soul leaving the body at night to study in the etheric retreats. When the soul goes forth from the body at night, it actually leaves a portion of itself behind with the body. That is why when you are suddenly awakened, often you are not fully in your body, but you can accomplish certain tasks or respond to an emergency or take care of a child that is crying. You may not necessarily be fully back in your body. You may be continuing your experience in the inner retreats because a portion of yourself is fully integrated with that body. Uh, now that uh, we're fully back in our bodies, it's time for a short break. Uh, when we return, Mrs. Prophet emphatically answers the question, is the fetus human? Don't go away. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. You know, I think there's a bottom line that we can draw here that each of us, from the moment of conception, is endowed with a divine spark and a divine potential. Here's more. Now we come to another argument for abortion. That argument says that a fetus is not a human. It is a potential human. Take, for example, Dr. Jane Hodgson, 
an obstetrician who has supervised and or participated in 30,000 abortions in the last 20 years. This is what she says about her role as an abortionist. I think I have done a humane service for lots of women in this world. I don't look upon it as killing because I do not consider in the first place that the embryo or the fetus is a person. She says it is a potential person. Therefore, she is content to kill potential persons because they have not yet earned the status of personhood. The question is, do you or I have the right to snuff out life, burgeoning life, that has not only the potential to be God, but is already God from the moment of conception? Does the child in the womb have any less potential to be God than you or I? Each of us has the unlimited possibility to realize the seed of God, the seed of life itself, life with a capital L. Yes, we have the seed of our immortality from conception and prior to conception. We have always had that seed. This immortality is our goal and the reason God sent us forth into incarnation. We don't say to each other, well, I can kill you or you or you because you're not a God yet. You're just a potential God. At what stage of physical spiritual evolution do we draw the line? Can we ever say that anyone is subject to termination because he has not realized his full human or divine potential? What's going on here anyway? Do we have to be a full-blown Buddha or a full-blown Christ to be guaranteed our constitutional right to life? Let's take a look at the question from the purely humanistic standpoint. Even if you take the view that man doesn't have a divine spark, he's of the race of Homo sapiens, one among another species. Surely we would have to consider that if we were to eliminate any segment of humanity or a single human being, that we would be eliminating a link in the genetic chain, this chain that could ultimately bring forth a Beethoven, a Dostoevsky, an Einstein, an Abraham Lincoln, a Jesus Christ, the geniuses that have enabled the human race to leap forward scientifically, culturally, and spiritually. And what about the common everyday people? They are the carriers of the genes of genius that one day shall appear. But we believe that we are more than human. We believe that we have a divine spark given to us by our Father, Mother, God. 
We believe that we are sons and daughters of God, of Elohim. Mother Mary settled the question with her statement dictated through me in New York on October 26, 1990. She said, No matter what the argument, no matter what the evidence, life begins at conception. And I speak of the conception of the soul in the heart of the great central sun, of you and your twin flame in the beginning. Life on earth likewise begins at conception. And even at that moment does the spirit begin to weave itself as part of the fabric, even the warp and woof of that body. Therefore, beloved, woman has a right to bring forth that which is conceived by love and in love by God. May you know, beloved, that this issue, which has become such a controversy in this nation, may be dispensed with by the very simple teaching. Abortion in the physical sense is also abortion in the spiritual sense. And to abort the divine plan of a life, whether physically or spiritually, is a sin against the Holy Ghost. In conclusion, I would say the views on the soul, on the body, on reincarnation, or the views concerning the soul being formed at conception are taught by those who are ignorant and who have not received the mysteries of God or the mysteries of life. They are the blind leaders of the blind. And these are they who do not even provide women with the essentials of the facts concerning life in the womb, and that this is a child from conception. Ignorance, therefore, in this dark age of the Kali Yuga, is having its day, and we must seize the sword of Archangel Michael and plunge it into the very cause and core of that ignorance that we might bring with enlightenment to fathers and mothers and all people the great joy of being co-creators with God. That's amazing. Well, it is. It's just, it, it causes you to pause like oh my we gosh. did just then. I mean, this is so powerful. I think, you know, the, the, the statement there is that we must defend the right and the joy of every soul to become a co-creator with God. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking this, I mentioned it to you in the off mic, that this may well be the most important show we've ever done for the very simple reason that we're talking about the very core of things, the core of life, the core of the potential for a divine merging with the heart of God, with the ascension. I mean, everything that we're here to do is all wrapped up in this equation. Yes. Just it's amazing. And if people know better, they will do better. It's yeah. as simple as that. And that's why trying to get this word out um, is so crucial. And sometimes, as you know, the emotions run rather high in this subject. And uh, people will shout you down if you have any perspective or viewpoint that's different from what they believe. But yeah. this, to me, is so freeing. And I think, you know, it's even what I found with the teachings of the Center of Masters, it's not don't do this because it's a sin. They give us an understanding of what something really is, whether it's drinking alcohol or smoking marijuana or whatever, and why it's not in our interest, either physically or spiritually. 
So this is illumination, and the illumination must go forth. And if it goes forth and enough people hear it, then I think things will change. Well, and I totally agree with and you, I, and I think it, it's enlightened self-interest. And I, I would say here, Tom, not only is there individual karma from abortion, but there's collective, there's national karma. And the United States has a very heavy karma from the millions and millions of abortions that have occurred since 1973. And that's not a small thing to consider. It makes, us, makes the United States vulnerable because of this. And that's all the more reason to get the word out and the understanding out so that people will get the message. And there's many very dear, sweet people that once they heard the truth, they would act on it. What is it that we can do to ameliorate this national karma? Well, prayer is is one thing. I mean, uh, in our particular teachings, we have decrees that we give. We use the power of the spoken word, uh, which is uh, a very important thing to do. You don't just think the prayer uh, or just uh, you know make it a mental thing. You 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 physically voice it. Um, and we have the violet flame in our in our church in our teachings, yeah. and that violet flame can go forth and can actually begin to erase. Um, not only your own personal karma, but some of the par- per- some of the karma of the nation, like we just Indeed. talked about. You know, one of the other things we can all do, and we, we do continuously, is educate ourselves on the situation from the true perspective. And as we said last week, and we'll say it again today and probably towards the end of the show again, is that uh, we have a, a multi-album set, DVDs and I think MP3s, called Life Begets Life. And it's a remarkable compilation, hours and hours and hours of just incredible teachings, very pointed, precise, and poignant teachings on this subject. And you can go to tsl.org slash bookstore. I believe it's available through the bookstore. It is. I, I, I picked up a copy of it yesterday or last week. I, I'm Great. looking, yeah. Life begets life. It's about 26 hours, isn't it? Some, I forget. It's I forget. a lot. Yeah. Anyway, you'll but find you can yourself. in where you want to. I, oh, gosh, I think yes. that... Um, you know, I think Mrs. Prophet someplace here talks about the mysteries of God. And I think this is so important to consider. We can make so many assumptions about life, about who we are, where we're going, and so forth, that are very nice thoughts in some ways, but just don't happen to be accurate. And that's where the understanding of the mysteries of God, of the soul. And I remember one teaching, even the creation of the soul in our twin flame. It, it, God just doesn't snap his fingers, and this happens. There's a process just as the soul grows in the womb, the soul grew from out of the heart of God. It did not happen overnight. It may have been tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years that the soul is being formed. And you can see how precious each soul is. Every single soul is so precious. And so well, and that's why, you know, we live the life that we do, why we pray every day, why we try and, and be an instrument of God. Because the more of us that can be instruments of God on this planet, the more things can change for the better. And we can get out of this descending spiral the planet seems to be on. Only God only knows where it would end up if we don't uh, turn that back. So it begins with us. It begins with the celebration of life, of honoring life, of honoring God, honoring souls of born in the womb, and holding that light in our auras that will displace the darkness of false teaching and cut free the precious people of God to see the truth and then act on it. Indeed. You know, before we go to break, there's one other point that was brought up in that lecture excerpt that I found very arresting, and that had to do with the 
etheric memories going back to the very moment of conception as a twin flame in the heart of God when we first began, when that journey started way, way back, whenever that was, we have memories of that. And we bring that with us in, yeah. in each incarnation. <laughs> it's it's there. It's amazing. That's, that's why there's a nine a nine month cycle rather than a twelve month cycle is because we don't we don't have a three month cycle for the etheric because we already have it. So we oh. we build the mental body in the first three three months, the the emotional body in the next three months, and the physical body in the last three months, and then we're born. Whoa, it's pretty oh, neat, isn't it? That's awesome. Yeah. I, I will. I mean, I, I heard it said that simply that well. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, uh, we've got to take a short break right now, but we'll be back to wrap things up in just a few moments. So please stay with us. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. This is the uh, final segment of today's show on the subject of life and the denial of life, which is in many respects generally conceived of as abortion. And one of the things that came up in our discussions both last week and earlier today is this idea of the sin against the Holy Spirit. And we want to make sure that it's crystal clear that forgiveness is possible, atonement is possible, nothing is cast in stone here, it's all reversible, depends on the sincerity, of course, of the of the supplicant, but really just want to make sure that you know that any involvement with this subject on any level does not make you a worthless sinner. As I know, Sid, you like to say. And I think in the, you know, the Bible it says that you know, every sin can be forgiven except the sin against the Holy Spirit. Well, the Ascended Masters teach that it cannot be forgiven as long as you continue to do it. But once you stop these things and you know, go about righting the ship and correcting and balance the karma, you can be forgiven for that. So there, uh, we recently had a, a few years ago. We had a lecture here from a woman who was uh, a manager of an abortion clinic, and she told her whole story of how she came to an understanding and illumination about abortion, and now she goes around sharing that with people. So you can see she's balancing her karma. So you don't have to do something so outer, but the spiritual work working with children um, is probably one of the highest things you can do. I mean, the masters have taught that the, the highest. Prof- 
profession, if you will, on this planet is teaching children. So you all, we all have something to give to children um, at some level, even if it's just praying for them. So there are a lot of opportunities of service in God. And it feels good to be balancing karma. It really does. Because you're feeling like you're moving on. You're not forever going to be under that weight or that condemnation of the fallen angels or yourself. Because God does not condemn you. So it's freedom. That's like forgiveness is freedom. And so balancing karma is freedom. And you build a momentum going forward. And you touch the hem of the garment of God, of Jesus, of the masters. And it's a further incentive. But you've got to work and you've got to strive wherever you are to get there. You know, this yes. is, uh, as Moria says, life is not a spectator sport. So we can't sit around feeling sorry for ourselves or condemning ourselves. We go out and we do something. We honor life in whatever form we see it. We do indeed honor life. And also, Mrs. Prophet reminded us all that we all have unfinished business that we are here for a very specific reason or set of reasons that for the sake of our soul and eventually, again, our reunion with the heart of God, we have to complete this business. You know, um, and and uh, I hope I didn't interrupt you. No, Tom. no, no. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, uh, Sid, as you uh, cited the example of that woman who turned her life around, um, a soul that's been aborted can, uh, in other words, the parents uh, after having aborted a soul, may have the opportunity to have that same soul come again. And so once uh, the mother or the father, uh, once there is a forgiveness and, and uh, you know, a turning around, so to speak, that same soul may, may come back in again. And, uh, you know, it'll be off uh, as far as a timetable may be concerned. You yeah. know, a lot of times, you know, married couples can be can be uh, 10 years apart, but, uh, you know, you can tell they're in love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, certain certain things can be uh, can be off timetable-wise, mm-hmm. but that same soul can come again. So that's just an important thing to keep in mind. Well, what is the teaching on the um, availability of that the opportunity? If a soul is aborted, is there a, an acceleration of the timetable for when that soul can come back, or does that mean possibly mean that's the last chance for a while well no not necessarily it's not their fault they're aborted obviously and so i think they do get uh further opportunity and we have been told there are some souls that have been aborted two three and four times and they keep coming back and by the way uh, i think we've all seen that or most of us seen that movie the silent scream where the child is, is is crying in the womb and it is a physical experience the soul goes through when they're aborted and so pray for souls that have been aborted for their healing and their comfort and, you know, the loss of, of the opportunity that they had and that they can get back in embodiment. You know, people talk a lot about the quote-unquote population bomb. Rest assured that God will not let more people on this planet than are supposed to be here. And this is such an important and crucial time in history that there are souls that must be here now. So don't worry about the population bomb or whatever that never really materialized anyway. There's resources, time, and space for people to come forth. And when you see big families, you know, some people are very critical of that. But I applaud them because they're giving life opportunity. And as you know, sometimes the eighth or ninth or tenth child are a genius sent by God that makes a huge difference in the world. So the masters teach of as many children as you can care for and economically support. They're very practical. But life honors life, and as you give of yourself to bring forth children, 
uh, God will honor you for that. I know someone that was telling me they used to be a very selfish person until they had a child, and that child taught them unselfishness. Now, who is blessed by that relationship? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing to consider. And it's not, everything is not easy, but there's a purpose for things that come to you and their opportunity. Don't run from them. Don't avoid your karma or avoid opportunity because it's for your own soul and your own good. Embrace it. You know, and thank you, Sid, for that. Um, I want to go back to something that Terry said last uh, segment, I believe, which I had not heard said so well, talking about the cycles, the three-month cycles in gestation. There's nine months rather than 12. Right. Could you repeat that? Because I'm sure that people heard that and they want to hear it again. Well, normally we think in terms of 12-month cycles. And so the reason for the nine months of gestation is because your etheric body is already formed is already formed, and you bring it back with you. So you don't have that first three months. If you just visualize a clock for a moment, from 12 to 3 is the etheric body. Okay, so your, your first three months of gestation are from the three to the six o'clock line, you're forming your mental body. Your second trimester is from the six to the nine o'clock line and you're forming your emotional body. Uh-huh. And then you build your, the, the final building of the physical body is from the nine to the 12. And then at the 12 o'clock line, that's when you have, that's when you're born. You're actually a year old <laughs> the day you're born. But, <laughs> you know, right. we, we chart it from the day you're born. Sure. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think obviously it. people are developing physically throughout the nine months. But it's, it's an understanding of the sequence and mm-hmm. the, um, the things that God does to get you to the point and why every birth is a miracle. I mean, it really is. It's a miracle of God. And uh, that's why people are happy. I mean, um, because this is, it's coming to the physical. And once you get, it's not easy to get things in the physical as we know on this planet, whether it's building a house or bringing a baby or anything. But once it's there, that is cause for celebration. Yeah, you know, I think before we close today uh, in celebration of life, you know, that we talked about the fact that we all have unfinished business. And one of the summary points, not the only one, of course, but one of them would be that to abort life is to abort the life plan of a soul. And that cuts short the fulfillment of the soul's divine blueprint and opportunity to ascend. I mean, I think if, if there is any kind of a bottom line to this, that's why life is sacred. That's why life is sanctified, and we want to sanctify it. Any closing comments, gentlemen? Well, I usually tell people how to contact us, and uh, we are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. So I'll get that taken care of, and maybe Sid's got a comment. I bet he does. (laughs) No, I just think it's, you know, illumination is understanding. And, you know, the truth will set us free. And so, you know, in your own kind of way, if you can share this with one person or one perspective they're for interested, then the word can get out. Indeed. Well, for all those who seek the light, serve the light, stand in defense of the light, we applaud you. We appreciate you. We are grateful for you. and We pray for you. And though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out of this are world. Are out of this world. Indeed. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. 